noon today, Brother Clark and I visited Sister Chastine in the nursing home. She's 62 years old. She's been fighting a cancer, cancer battle for over two years. And when her cancer was first found over two years ago, doctors gave her six months to live. And of course, she was not ready to meet God. She knew she wasn't ready to meet the Lord. And uh, so she has lived many, many months longer than what they anticipated. On December 27th, she went into St. Vincent Hospital because a tumor had burst in her body. And she spent 14 days in St. Vincent Hospital. And such a beautiful, significant thing that on the Sunday that she went into the hospital, that very night, sitting in her hospital bed, God baptized her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Which she so desperately wanted. And we in this church know that because we've prayed with her lots of times. She spent 14 days in St. Vincent. And following that, she had to go into a convalescent center where she is tonight. She's not conscious. Brother Clark and I were there at noon today, and the two older daughters were there, and Dan was there. So uh, the two daughters left to leave for a little while, and that left Brother Clark and myself and Brother Dan there at her bedside. And we were sitting in chairs. And I just felt led of the Lord to ask him a question. And I said, Brother Dan, have you really turned her loose in your heart? Have you surrendered to the will of God? And said, Lord, you can take her. I don't know whether he'd really considered that all that much and the reason that I brought it up was because when my wife's mother passed away in 1961 at the age of 64 she had fought a cancer battle she never one time went to a doctor never one time went to a hospital she stayed at home and died at home because she had such a strong faith in God. And she was ready to go. But we watched something happen in the realm of the Spirit. And that was simply this. She did not go until my father-in-law released her in his own heart. 
And when he finally said yes to the will of God, she passed away. And so I mentioned that to Brother Dan today, and we had a long talk with him. And we gathered around the bed and prayed one more time for that dying, unconscious woman. And we'd spent quite a while there, and we left and went on our visitation. And I had, we got home, I don't know what time it was, just before, maybe 2.30, 3 o'clock, somewhere. And I just sat down at my desk to uh, begin working on tomorrow morning's Sunday school lesson a little more thoroughly when my phone rang. And the oldest daughter, Pam, called me and said, Pastor King, could you get to the nursing home and be with my dad? Mother's dying. And I said, Pam, I'll go. And I got my coat on and jumped in the car and drove back over to the nursing home. Many of them were there and more of them came in while I was there. And the nurses thought they'd lost her because her blood pressure went way down. Her heartbeat became so erratic. In fact, to the point that she wasn't breathing at all. She's getting cold. So I sat and I talked to Dan and I said, Brother Dan, I want you to understand what's happening here. She's at the end of her battle. And the Bible calls it a battle. And I said, in one of these moments, she's going to draw her last breath and her fight will be over. Many people do not realize what happens in death. But in death, when that last breath is drawn and that heart has beat for its last time, the spirit leaves the body. The spirit never dies. The spirit never dies. The Bible says it goes back to God which gave it. People commit, who commit suicide don't understand what they're doing. They think they're ending it all when they take their life. They're not ending it all. They're beginning the eternal life. For your spirit does not die in death. The spirit leaves the body and the body is dead and lifeless. Because the spirit is gone. And I said, Brother Dan, one of these moments it's going to all be over for Sister Chastine. Her spirit's going to go home to God that gave it. And we're going to lay her body in the grave to wait the resurrection morning. Her battle will be over. Her victory will be won. And I said, Brother Dan, God gave her the Holy Ghost. God allowed her to be baptized in Jesus' name. And he reminded me of when it happened in September of 1985. 
went down in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And I said, Brother Dan, release her. Let her go. It's going to be better for her. The reason we sorrow is because of our selfishness. He looked up at me with tears coming out of his eyes. He's 71 years old. And he said, Pastor, I'm ready for her to go. He said, I'm going to miss her. But he said, I'm ready for her to go. I want the Lord to take her. The whole family was standing in there around that bed. I said, well, and I was there a long time this evening. I said, I'm going to pray for her one more time. But I'm not praying that God will heal her. I'm going to pray that God will take her. And that was a relief to them. They all joined hands around that bed. I don't know how many was in that room. And I put my hand on her very sweaty forehead. And we began to pray. And that old man was strengthened by the presence of the Lord. And I think the whole family has resigned her to the will of God. We could get a call any minute that she's gone. We don't need to pray that God will heal her. She's ready to meet her maker. She's ready to meet her redeemer. She is ready to meet her savior. Are you? Listen to this song. It matters to him about you. Your sorrows, your heartaches, he shares. Regardless of what you may do, he loves you, he wants you, he cares. It matters to him about you believe it because it is true cling to his hand he'll understand for it matters to him about you it matters to him about you your sorrows your heartaches he shares regardless of what you may loves you, he wants you, he cares, it matters to him about you.
understand For it matters to him about you So open your heart and let him in. He will remove all your sorrow and sin. He may not pass your way. And let him come in Take his hand Take his nail-scarred hand Let him show you the way Jesus will be your dearest friend so open your heart and let him come in take his hand take his nail scarred hand let him show will be your dearest friend so open your heart and let him come in open your heart to I am blessed, 
let's worship the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Service to our evangelist, Brother Milton Clark from Tucson, Arizona. And God has made this man a gigantic blessing to this church and to many, many lives. He's great to have in the home. He's been great to have in our church fellowship. Open your heart to the man of God. God will probably speak to you tonight because he uses anointed preachers to do it. Anointed preachers, called preachers, qualified preachers. And I'm saying that because we live in a world where with many people, preaching is only a profession. Uh-uh. It's the matter of life and death. For God himself has chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save them who believe. Brother Clark. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good to be in the house of the Lord and quite a bit different presence of the Lord has moved in here tonight than was here last night. And I am thankful for the wonderful presence of the Lord that's here. Glad that we have freedom to come into the house of the Lord and worship God like we do tonight. I thank God for the freedom in America that we have. I have been in other countries, communist countries, countries under dictators uh, that do not have liberty like we have in here tonight. And um, I can remember one particular country I lived in, seeing soldiers everywhere on my way to school and coming home, and a uh, lot of things in the streets there that uh, we don't always see here in America. But I thank God tonight that we have liberty to come into this house and worship God like we have been doing here tonight. Uh, we have been experiencing a wonderful move of the Holy Ghost in this meeting. And there has been a wonderful deep move of the Holy Ghost that has come in this service tonight. We are glad to be with you tonight and just so thankful for what God is doing. Would you stand with me for just a little bit? Tomorrow morning is going to be a great time around this tabernacle. I can hardly wait to see what the Lord will do. You want to be here bright and early to pray and seek the Lord. There'll be visitors here tomorrow, no doubt, that need something uh, from the Lord. We want to come together praying together, expecting God to do great things in their life. I won't ever forget what happened last Sunday morning as we just got in here uh, to uh, worship the Lord. And the Holy Ghost just moved in this place. God just kind of upset our schedule. We don't really have a schedule too much around here as far as passing out one. We wouldn't know what to pass out. <laughs> Amen. We just come together and try to open our heart and let God have his way. And that's the beautiful thing about uh, an apostolic Pentecostal service. When we were walking out of uh, the rest home today, a uh, particular individual asked us who was going to win the game tomorrow. And uh, I said, I don't even know who's playing. He said, you guys must be politicians. I said, we're apostolic preachers. And he just looked at us real funny. And he went on about his way. And, of course, we had things to do, too. But I thank God that uh, he has touched our lives, brought us out of darkness into this marvelous light. I lived in the darkness long enough. Thank God for the lights that are on. Praise God for being in the light. 
Amen. And what you're feeling in here tonight is not just a euphoric feeling. You're feeling the power of God. You may feel that way tonight. I don't know exactly how you feel, but the power of God has moved in here. Amen. Thank God for the Spirit of the Lord that is reaching out to hearts in this service. Amen. Or we call this a service. Thank God for the Spirit of the Lord that's reaching out here tonight. Thank God for that. Shall we lift our hands together and pray together? Lord Jesus, we are so thankful tonight for the presence of the Lord that is here. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness. Oh, God, you know, Lord, that we are living together with God. Want to hold with your hand tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus to see how the simple truth of the gospel reach out to our heart. Oh, Jesus, I pray that you will touch our hearts today and touch our minds today. Oh, Lord, and let your spirit, uh, amen, make a difference in our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for truth that sets free. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God that sets free. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I may say to you folks that uh, missed last night uh, that are part of this local congregation, you missed it. Friend, we had a time around here. Never be able to repeat what happened in here last night. There's just no way. Uh, folks were laughing in the spirit. You don't understand what I'm saying tonight. Just ask your neighbor. They can tell you a little bit about it. Uh, folks were singing in tongues. Uh, some folks got drunk. Don't misquote me on that. But uh, they got totally drunk in the Holy Ghost. Uh, some folks stood around. Reminded me so much of the day of Pentecost. We had the spectators here. We had the participators. We had some saying, what meaneth this? Uh, others mocking or laughing. It was great. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if you're not laughing right now, that, that's okay. Uh, these other folks know what I'm talking about. Hey, Amen. Some of you children don't, but we rung your bell tonight too. Hallelujah. Hey, Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost and the pastor that, that helps keep us on the right track. Praise God. Praise God. I want you to turn with me to the second chapter of the book of Acts. And I want to read an excerpt of the message that was preached by the Apostle Peter on that day. I'm going to begin reading at the 21st verse and remain standing with me. We're going to read quite a few verses, more than normal. Uh, I don't really know what's normal anymore, but <clears throat> I'm going to read a few verses here tonight. And listen to the word of the Lord uh, tonight. And it shall come to pass, verse 21, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. 
Then, brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, I mentioned this last night, David was a prophet, there's the verse. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus, the only Jesus that we're going to preach about here tonight, hath God raised up whereof we are all witnesses. And we are also witnesses tonight of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, just in case you didn't know. Amen. This Jesus had God raised up where we are all witnesses, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, which is a idiomatic expression, which simply means that he is the power of God, okay? Doesn't mean that he literally sat down on the Father's right hand. So he's by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you do now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now he was telling them something that they needed to hear. He was preaching to them. And they listened. There was an arresting of the presence of God that settled upon them early at 9 o'clock in the morning when the Holy Ghost fell in the upper room in the earlier portion of this chapter. And they began to speak with tongues for the very first time. They've been doing it ever since. It didn't stop after the end of the early apostolic age. People still get the Holy Ghost and talk in tongues. How many believe that? Sure they do. Some say just on the 12 apostles. Some say just in Jerusalem. Some say just on the Jews. Some say just on the early disciples. But the Bible said, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, they can receive this Holy Ghost Pentecostal apostolic experience. And so what did he say here? Now when they heard this, verse 37, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles. This wasn't just the idea of one man. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, if you're a visitor and you haven't heard us quote Acts 2.38, you, you're going to hear it a lot if you stay around us. What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, breaking bread, fellowship from house to house, to eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Amen. And uh, so on and so forth. Praise the Lord. Thank God for his word. And uh, this was a great day, and uh, I know all of us probably wish we could have been there, but thank God that we have been able to experience our own upper room experience, it's sometimes called an upper room experience. I want the Holy Ghost just to work in here and touch hearts. Amen. And if we'll just work together in the Spirit of the Lord, God can touch us, and God will touch us. Some of you folks need the Holy Ghost here tonight. Some of you need a renewing of the Holy Ghost. And just a variety of things are needed to be done in this service tonight. 
Amen. And as Brother King was talking, Pastor King was talking about the nearness of death and folks leaving this life going to the others, I noticed a spirit of sobriety begin to settle down upon faces in here. We need to think seriously about that. You may feel very well in your body and you may not think you're anywhere near death tonight, but I want you to know that there is an adversary out there and all men are going to die one day unless by the grace of God and we go to meet the Lord and the catching away of the saints that the Bible talks about, you're going to die. And you may have 50 years left on your body. I don't know. But if you do, let me tell you something else. This world is not going to last that much longer. Everything in the world, the economy, the ecology, all of that. The ecology testifies to us that it's tired of, of being plagued by the sin of man. It's why there's earthquakes in places that never was before. It's why the weather's all, all strange all over the place. Can't really predict anymore because this world is testifying that it's, it's tired. Paul said the whole earth groaneth and travaileth. Right. That's right. Amen. The Bible said in Romans 8 it was subject to vanity. Not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. It simply meant that the creature was subject. It simply meant that when Adam sinned, he brought a curse upon the world. This world was made to glorify God, the creation, the plant life, all of that. But because of sin, he brought a curse upon his own world. And ever since then, the world has testified against man by the thorns and thistles that it's produced. And it's long to get out from under that, that it could get back to the purpose for which it was created. And that was to glorify God. You don't believe that? Look in Romans chapter 8. It's in there, verse 22 and 23. So we are fastly racing toward the end of all things. And I'm not here as a calamity howler tonight. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Amen. So we want the Holy Ghost just to reach out here and just touch us and help us here tonight. Amen. Let's praise the Lord together before we're seated. Jesus, we love you tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise God. I want to talk to you tonight about a very important subject, and that is truth that sets free tonight. And you may be seated. Amen. There is no substitute for truth. Absolutely none. And uh, if it could be changed, and if it can be changed, it's not truth. Because uh, truth is, is not a variable. It's constant. You don't change it. Okay? You can't change truth. If you can change it, it's not truth. And uh, I thank God for truth tonight. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I really believe that. And that's exactly what the Apostle Peter preached to those folks that day, to his generation. He preached to them the truth of God. Amen. He preached to them the truth of God. And I haven't come here to single out a select few to preach to tonight. I'm going to preach to everybody in this building tonight. I have something to say here to everybody. 
and to tell you at the very beginning that you need God and you need truth. Amen. You need the truth of God in your heart. Amen. And without truth, we are subject to error. And a lot of things happen. I was thinking of the words of the prophet Isaiah in the 59th chapter of Isaiah. He talked about truth falling in the streets. And he talked about the fact that equity could not enter in. There was a loss of truth. This happened because of a generation that was reared up that had a death ear to the truth of God. And it produced a lot of perversion in their generation. And there's a lot of perversion in this generation. And don't tell me you're not affected by it because you are affected by it. It affects your attitude. It affects where you work. It affects your home. Amen. It affects you. The perversion that is in the world. The corruption, the Bible said, that is in the world. Why is it there? The Apostle Peter said it's there because of lust. Men's lust, their greed, their craving after things. Looking for things, lusting for things. This is what we find in the world. We talk about the world. We're talking about the social order and system of life where God and his righteousness and his holiness and his laws are not wanted. They don't want God's righteousness. They don't want his holiness. They don't want to live their lives according to the commandments and the dictates of the word of God. Anytime a preacher begins to preach strongly a message of righteousness, they accuse him of being legalistic. That's right. They accuse him of being legalistic. The reason they don't like preachers to preach strongly is because they're guilty and they know it. The only other obvious feeling that can live in the heart of these people is a spirit of iniquity that makes them have a desire to destroy preachers so that iniquity can abound without guilt. But... We need to open our heart to what the Bible says. You see, this old-fashioned message that people call old-fashioned is not so old-fashioned. People really haven't changed, you see, really. They may have made some new discoveries synthetically, and there may be some greater uh, scientific discoveries and technological inventions in this day that make us feel like we've got an edge on some other part of time. But all you have to do is read a little bit of history and understand that man is prone to make the common same mistakes of his predecessors and his ancestors. They will do that. That's right. The apostle said that they would. And the writer Solomon said there is nothing new under the sun. Human nature really never does change. And without God, we are prone to error. The Bible said, I know that the way of man is not in him. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. So you see, God left man without something. And that something was direction. That was direction. God left man without direction. And so man needs direction. And that's what God put into his word. He put direction into his word that man could hear from heaven. They could hear from the word of God. Thank God for his word written in the languages of men that speak to our hearts. Thank God for direction. Thank God for a clear sound. And so I'm saying tonight that God has something to say to everybody in this building tonight. And that is there is truth that can set us free. That can liberate us from bondage. We don't really think of ourselves as being bound. We don't really think of ourselves as being under a loss of freedom. But friend, without God, the Bible says we're in chains. 
we're bound and we need to be liberated we need to be set free and so he talked here about truth falling in the streets he talked about the fact that there was a deafness that had fallen upon the ears of a generation that had failed to hear what God had to say out of his holy word and that's a tragedy because without the word of God, we are in a perplexing situation. Without the word of God, it's no wonder that uh, you're afraid and you lock your doors at night. It's no wonder that we have an increasing of crime rate and sexual perversion rampant in our streets. It's no wonder that there are widespread diseases that are uh, going across the nation and across the world tonight because of sin and because of perversion and because of men powerful men in high places who make fun of what I'm doing in here tonight this thing on thank you they make fun but all the while they sit around in their conference rooms blowing smoke in one another's faces and filling their rooms with all kinds of talk about new type of legislation to curse some of the rapid problems that are happening among young people and just wanting to deal with the of the problem uh, instead of the rule of the situation uh, and that's a sad thing friend uh, that when we are unafraid to tackle a problem uh, that is plaguing our nation and plaguing our world uh, the root of the problem is a life uh, that is sinful uh, that needs to come to know God uh, in the power of the Holy Ghost Amen Praise the Lord. And so they don't want to deal with that problem. They don't want to look in the face the word of God and understand that God has something to say about their unrighteousness. They don't want to deal with the fact that God is a God of judgment and a God that is a consuming fire. But I'm here to tell you tonight that God is sovereign in this world tonight. And he has something to say to this generation about the way they live. God has something to say to this generation and I'm here to tell you what it is it's a message of love but the love of God can never be received in our heart unless we open our heart to God in Bible repentance a turning from sin from our waywardness from our unrighteousness there's a lot of broken homes and hearts is set on divorce and divided families how come? because of hardness of heart because of unrepentant lies because of folks that don't know how to homogenize and get together and get down on their knees and pray and seek God and let God speak to them. There's too much self-centeredness and people wanting to go their own way and do their own thing. But I'm going to tell you what, we need to look back into the Word of God and see what God has to say about our generation. Amen. What our generation has lost is the thing it needs so much, and that is the fear of God. Amen. And some have moved away from the fear of God. Have no respect, no fear for God and His Word, because they hear so little about the judgments of God. They go to these churches and they sit around talking about all types of social events and keep you up on current events and a little bit of exegesis and as Mars inhabited and all kinds of stuff like that. Life on other planets and that's the kind of stuff they hear out there. That's right. All types of social programs and what they're going to do in the community and all the money they've got to raise and, and all things like that. I know because I've slipped in some of those churches and just sat on the back pew just to hear what they had to say. They hear so little about what God has to say. Because you see, really, deep down in their heart, they think the Bible is an outdated book. 
that doesn't really have anything to say to us but it has something to say about this degenerate generation it has something to say about morality and godly living and the apostle Peter preached on the day of Pentecost a message uh, to his generation uh, and he let them know that they were guilty of the death and the burial uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, they were guilty and he said you have taken and you have by wicked hands crucified the Lord of glory he laid the blame at their feet and said, you're guilty of his blood because by your own hands you have taken him. It was for your sin that he died. It was for my sin that he died. And so he told them, you're guilty. He was determined of God before the foundation of the world to be the lamb slain, to take up the cross and to die for us. But he died not for his own sin, but he died for your sin and for my sin. And he let them know that in his love and in his resurrecting power he had sent back the Holy Ghost baptism for all that would believe and if they would repent and be baptized in his name to wash their sins away and be filled with the Holy Ghost they could start on their trek toward heaven praise God and I thank God for what the Apostle Peter had to say that day. He was not alone when he preached that message. Uh, the Bible said the other apostles were with him uh, and the eleven stood up with him and he began to tell them the wonderful message of the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, but we get to a day and an hour. We are in a day and an hour when they are not concerned so much about truth. Uh, the Bible exhorts the men of God in the last days to preach the word. And if you come to this church, you're going to hear preaching around here. You don't want to hear preaching, don't come back. I'm not trying to be mean or nasty. I'm just telling you we preach the word here. We don't have time to tell you about all social events. We don't, we, we don't use this pulpit for that. We're here because we believe that God has a message to say to this world, and he's not done reaching out. He loves you and a whole bunch of other folks like you, and that's why he's brought you to this house tonight. But you need to understand that you're not going to be saved without the truth of God. It took truth, uh, and it will take truth uh, to save you. Uh, and so he exhorted the men in the Bible to preach the word. Uh, and he said, be instant in season and out of season. Uh, and he told them to reprove and to rebuke and to exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Uh, he said, because the time would come uh, that men would not endure sound doctrine. Uh, why would it come? Because of lawlessness uh, that would be rampant in the last days. Uh, and the love of many would wax cold. Uh, and the pressures of an ungodly society would be so strong that there would be a loss of retention in the soul and spirit of man and a weariness of spirit in the hearts of many to retain a life of godliness and walking a life of holiness. The pressures and the odds are absolutely against you living a life of godliness and walking in the spirit. I said the pressures are out there and they're against you. The odds are against you. So many folks yield themselves to the pressures. I said, that's why we've got broken homes. That's why we have divorce. That's why folks can't never get along with one another. That's why we've got so much crime and peddling of dope in our streets. Because they can't retain truth. Because the pressures are so great. And people have totally given themselves over to their lust. Oh, bless your heart. Some of you are thinking right now, I don't need what he's preaching tonight. But bless your heart, friend, you need what I've got to say to you tonight. Because you're affected by that. 
I said, you're affected by that. And it affects your attitude. And because of a perplexing society, we are prone to do our own thing and think our own thing. And we don't believe that there's very much sound anymore to tell us about how to live. We've got our own lifestyles. We've got our own rearing up and our way to come across and our way to do things. And we don't think there's a pattern set down that speaks to all of us. But I want you to know tonight this Bible I'm preaching out of here tonight has something to say to everybody in this building. This Bible, this message, this gospel, message of salvation has something to say to every man, every woman, every boy and every girl all around this globe tonight. Amen. And we'll never meet God in peace without truth uh, in our hearts. Uh, he didn't shed his blood on the cross. He didn't die and, and resurrect from the dead and commission men to preach his gospel uh, so that you could live any way you want to and do anything that you want to. Uh, I come to tell you tonight that it is appointed unto man once to die and after death the judgment. Uh, and we are going to meet God someday. I said we are going to meet God We're going to have to stand before God And give God an account For the way we live We are going to have to stand before God And the Bible talks about a day That the books are going to be open And we're going to be judged I tell you what we need to do We need to take a close look in there And see what we have to have And make sure we've got everything That we need from God I know folks that argue about Whether they need Brother King The Holy Ghost or not They argue about this Pentecostal message. They say, well, I'm saved, but I never spoke in tongues. Let me tell you something, friend. Look in the Bible. Take a look closely. Look through the book of Acts, which is the book that tells about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that fell upon men. Look through the book of Acts, which tells us about how the church was started. You're going to find that when folks came to the Lord Jesus Christ, they didn't just make a confession and sign a card and shake a preacher's hand and go to a pot supper after Sunday morning service. You're going to find that folks like that got in the water uh, and got baptized to wash their sins away uh, and they received the Holy Ghost uh, and they spoke with other tongues. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I can sympathize with a lot of people. Now, I'm not going to take long here tonight. I preached about two hours last night and I'm not going to take that long tonight. But uh, you've been tempting me for two weeks now, so I gave it to you last night. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we still didn't get out of here until after midnight. Y'all just stayed and stayed. Hallelujah. I believe these folks love church around here. Amen. You preach two hours and they stay an hour and a half afterwards. My Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. No telling what will happen tomorrow. I wonder if we even get out of the building. Lord, hallelujah. But I feel for people. That have listened to some of these preachers that have not brought salvation and happiness. And you know, let me just pause here. Some of you folks sit here tonight and you know the truth of God and you're still not right with God. Some of you don't doubt anything I'm saying to you at this point tonight, but you just don't plan on living for God like you're supposed to. Let me tell you, you also are going to the judgment. You also are going to meet God. Don't think you can circumvent anything in this Bible. We have the strange feeling as Pentecostal people. Let me tell you visitors about us. We have the strange feeling that once we've repented, once we got baptized in Jesus' name and got the Holy Ghost and talked in tongues, we can do anything we want to from now until then. 
We have the feeling that somehow we have convinced ourselves that once we get born again, you know, or once we're born again of water and spirit, like the Bible commands us, uh, that we can just go on and live our own way. We don't think we need the church. We don't think we need a pastor. We don't think we need the house of God. We don't think we need anything. But there's more to this, my friend, than the second chapter of Acts that I read out of. That's right. More to this tonight. Amen. But I can think of nothing more deplorable than men and women who have been sold and told a message, but they are not happy. They struggle thinking that they have things that they do not have. They struggle trying to live for God and maintain a proper Christian, so-called Christian attitude or Christian attitude, but yet they have been told that they've got something that they don't have. I understand what I'm talking about. I wasn't raised in a Pentecostal church. I was went, I went to another church. It wasn't a Pentecostal church. It wasn't until I was 13 years old that I found out about Pentecost. But I can remember trying to live for God just a little bit by some things that were told me. I was told that I had something by a preacher that I did not have. And that's sad. And it's sometimes shocking to come and you begin to hear a man of God preaching. And you read something like we read today and you get down to the 20, 38th chapter, 38th verse of Acts chapter 2. Where you find where the man of God, Simon Peter, said you got to repent and get baptized in water to wash your sins away and receive the Holy Ghost. And some folks say, I don't even think baptism is necessary. Let me tell you, Peter didn't waste their time on that day and stand up and tell them to get baptized in water. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ to wash your sins away so you can sit here and say it's an outward profession of a, an inward sign of an outward profession he told them to get baptized in water because it was absolutely necessary for them to have their sin washed away and if you hadn't been baptized in Jesus name you don't have your sins washed away and so I'm talking about truth tonight that liberates and the way, reason I am preaching this tonight is because we don't know how much time we've got left and we've got a world that's got to be touched we've got people that need God and there are people hungry looking for an answer they come into our churches they feel the glory of God and I thank God for what's here tonight but let me tell you what what you experience in an apostolic church you won't find anywhere else i tell you what you're feeling here tonight you're feeling the ring of truth this is not a charismatic church I said this is not a charismatic church you say, I know churches around that clap their hands, lift their hands, talk in tongues, uh, but they don't believe what you folks believe in the way of modesty and the way of dress. Uh, they don't have strict, stringent laws and legislation laid down about television uh, and about dress uh, and all of that. Uh, well, I told you tonight, this is not a charismatic church. Well, I tell you what, there's a power here that's here because these folks understand who Jesus is. There's a power here because this church, turn me up a little bit, will you please? There's a power here tonight because this church understands something about holiness and about holy living and about separation from the world. Hallelujah. Well, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, praise God.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, some folks, they want the water without the bed of the river. And they want the river without the, they want the bed of the river without the water. Can't have them both like that. You got to have them both. Can't have one or the other, see? They want to speak in tongues and shake around and cut their hair and paint their face and have their televisions and have their social drinks and run around on their wife and kick the cat and beat the dog that's right you're listening anyhow hallelujah they want to do all that and they want to talk in tongues i had a neighbor in tucson many years ago that smoked a pipe and he said well i don't see anything wrong with that i said i can smoke my pipe and talk in tongues i said i don't know about you but i said my holy ghost doesn't let me smoke a pipe he says well i still still speak in tongues i said i don't care i don't believe in your tongue talking I don't care if you talk in tongues every day. Holy Ghost, if you keep it, it won't let you smoke a pipe. Or cigarettes. Or chew tobacco. Nasty, filthy, nastiest thing I've ever seen is folks chewing tobacco. I see them chew tobacco right in church almost, some of them. Down in Texas. When I was there many years ago. Sick. Terrible. Bought their little can and sat in the back of church, sat there and chewed tobacco and spit in their can right while I preached the word of God. I thought, well, hallelujah. Well, I got something. If I can preach through chewing tobacco and spitting and, 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 and all that, I guess I'm okay, huh? Oh, no. The Bible says the Holy Ghost calls us out of our sin. You see, they want the Holy Ghost. Don't tell me they don't. They're under depression. And let me just say something. Oh, you're going to love this. The Holy Ghost will save you a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> save you money on your doctor bills and your tranquilizers and your pills and, and all of that business I said the Holy Ghost will save you some money I'm taking my time tonight because I'm thinking they want the Holy Ghost they're tired of fighting but they have got the idea by these preachers that they can get the Holy Ghost and they can just do anything they want to. Because they've watched adultery in the ministry. And it's okay. And I believe in restoration. But, boy, it's quiet in here tonight and I'm not even nervous. They're losing confidence in some of these fellows. And it, it's coming out, friend. It's coming out. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. It's going to fall. Some of this bunch of stuff that they've been putting all the veneer all over. It's going to come apart. It's a facade. Sure it is. God help us to have discerning eyes to quit following everything that goes in the name of glossolalia. Tongue talking. All this bunch of miracle business. You say, do you believe in miracles? Sure I do. Seen a lot of them around here since I've been here. I believe in miracles. But I don't follow miracles. The Bible said, these signs follow them that believe. I, I'm not a sign seeker. 
I don't go around following signs. Every time somebody comes through town, throws up a tent meeting, everybody just flocks out, send their money to all that stuff. I'm talking about truth that'll liberate tonight. Amen. They've got these the, the, the personalities that they just love incensed with them because that's their God. That's their God. Amen. And so they want the Holy Ghost, but see, they don't want to come out of the world. They want to get the Holy Ghost and live like they want to. The Holy Ghost is light. The Holy Ghost is to lead us and guide us into all truth. It'll take us out of doctrine, uh, out of our false doctrines uh, and into the doctrine of God. It'll take us out of darkness into light. The Holy Ghost is light. And the Holy Ghost, the Bible said, come out from among them and be separate. Amen. And said, I will receive you, and you will be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. And he said, cleanse yourself from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. What is holiness? It's separating yourself from the world from the things of the world it takes the love of the world out of your heart if you really have it if you really have got the Holy Ghost it'll take the love of the world out of your heart and it will give you a desire to walk in righteousness and holiness before God but we're living in a day where folks think that truth is just it's just not that important it doesn't mean that much to them. There's not the fear of God. They don't retain the word of God. That's why they can smoke and talk in tongues and drink and do all that, see. They don't have the Holy Ghost and fire like the Bible teaches. Some of you are contemplating things in this service tonight that the Bible absolutely teaches against. I'm telling you in Jesus' name, you need to straighten it out. You're thinking about things, doing things that the Bible teaches against. picked up some of your spirits in here tonight that's right you need to get down on your face and talk to God this place church is not a playhouse amen and I'm not trying to sound mean and nasty here tonight don't anybody take me wrong but I'm just telling you there's just a lot of things out there that will if you don't mind pardoning my French or being just being plain here they will put you in hell just want to be playing with you tonight we are not playing games at all and there's a world out there that will destroy you. It'll take every bit of virtue out of you if you're a young lady. It'll take every bit of virtue out of you if you're a young man. And it'll ravish you. And it'll throw you. And leave you to die. Because this world does not care about you. They don't care about you. And a bunch of these churches don't care about you. They're after your money. So they can build their empire. And I don't know what they want with so much money. They can't spend it all. I mean, how many Rolls Royces can you drive at a time? I mean, you know. They want to build a name. Kind of reminds me of the Tower of Babel. Let's build a name. They want to build kingdoms for themselves. And they love to preach the popular message that rings the bell for so many folks. They want to preach what's popular because it brings the crowd out. They love the crowd, see. And people flock to that because they've got itching ears. 
They want to hear something that will salve their conscience. Nothing worse than a preacher to come along and pat you on the back and tell you you're doing fine when you're going straight to hell. Nothing worse. Tell you everything's fine, everything's okay. You know what the Bible said in Ezekiel? The Bible said there is, it was a conspiracy of the priest or of the prophets in the midst of Israel. And he said they have devoured souls. They have taken precious things. They did not discern between the holy and the profane. Because they didn't care. They didn't preach the difference between that which was carnal and irreverent and that which was holy and should be sanctified in the lives of people. Because they didn't care about the people they were preaching to. And the Bible said there was a conspiracy among the prophets. They had devoured souls. They had taken things by dishonest gain. They had made many widows in the midst of Israel. Talking about some of these churches want you to sign over your inheritance to them. Greedy. Dogs, Isaiah called them. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber, but couldn't bark or bite. That's what happened in Israel. And that's a sad day. When a conspiracy moves into the life of men who should stand behind the pulpit and sound the trumpet and tell men about their sin and about the blessings of God that would be upon them if they live right. No wonder there's problems in government. No wonder the young people don't have direction. Because the parents don't care. You believe I'm telling you the truth? You look in 2 Timothy 3 and the Bible said in the last time there will be perilous times. And it said that there would be those that would lose their love. They'd have unnatural affections. And there would be a loss of love. And there would be a breakdown in the family unit. It's in there. They don't really care. They don't care. And so there's a conspiracy. And the Bible said they had daubed them. Talking about these these prophets who had a conspiracy in Israel said they daubed them with untempered mortar which simply meant it wasn't well set seeing and and divining lies saying thus saith the Lord when the Lord had not spoken because they didn't care and they had daubed them with untempered mortar they told them things were all right when things weren't all right they told them things would be okay when things were not going to be okay and Ezekiel came along preaching and Jeremiah came along preaching and they stood against These men of, men of the devil stood against them. And the people said, we don't want to hear that kind of preaching. We don't want you to preach like that. We don't want to hear that. They told Jeremiah, if you don't stop preaching, we're going to put you in jail. And they grabbed them, they smote them, and they threw them in jail. So the Bible said, some of them lost their life. Because the people said, don't talk to me about judgment. I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me there's an enemy coming from the north. Don't tell me that God's going to send judgment. Don't tell me about tragedy. I don't want to hear that. Jeremiah, but Jeremiah, see, he loved that nation. And he tried for 42 years through his ministry to effect revival in Israel and in Judah to turn that nation around. But they would not repent. They said, prophesy unto us easy things. Tell us something easy. We got, look, we got bills like you wouldn't believe. 
And when we come to church, we've got pressures, we've got sickness. And when we, we want to hear something that will just set us on our heels. We got all kind. When we come, we don't tell us about Jesus Christ hanging on a cross and shedding his blood in the agony of Calvary. That's what they're saying. Because they don't want you to preach about the blood. They don't want you to talk about his death. Don't talk to me about judgment. Don't talk about hell. Don't talk about damnation. Don't tell me about that kind of stuff. We've got enough things to worry about. Prophesy unto us easy things. Don't tell me I'm a sinner. I don't want to hear that. Some of these social educators of the day. He said, that offends folks telling them they're sinner. And that too much negative preaching in the pulpit. You see, I'm being very negative by some standards tonight. I don't care. I don't care what they have to say about me. I don't really care what they have to say about what I'm doing here tonight. And I've listened to powerful men make fun of what we're doing in here. Don't think they don't know about the Jesus name apostolic church. They know about us. Sure they do. Sure they do. They know. Make fun. So you're going to offend folks. Run them off. Get up there and rant and rave and swing your hands and all that stuff and work up a sweat and spit on folks, you know, if they're too close to you while you're preaching and tell them they're sinners. You're going to offend folks doing that. But the Bible said that we are born in sin and we are shaped in iniquity and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And folks who sin are sinners. Folks that aren't born again, folks that aren't baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost have not repented. They're sinners. And they need God. And Jesus Christ died for sinners. And the only way you're ever going to get from this world to the next world and meet God in peace is to take a look at what the Bible says about your living and about your life and about the sin in your life that caused him to die on the cross. And when you take a look at that and understand that he loves you, he didn't die so that you would die lost, but he took that agony for you. He suffered that for you. And that's why folks have got the Holy Ghost around here, because they've opened their heart to the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. Used to, many years back, they used to, they used to say, don't go down to those Pentecostal churches because they'll throw something on you, you know. They'll, they'll throw something on you. And they see folks falling out. I wish to God I had some of that stuff they talk about. You can just throw on them. I throw it on a bunch of them. I wonder where you get that stuff. I've been all over the country. I never have found it yet. Wish I could just douse some good. I was preaching out on the reservation some time ago, many years ago, and a fellow came in, a witch doctor came in and drunk the whole bottle of oil, Pastor King. I guess he thought he'd get it on the inside. It doesn't happen that way. You can't drink a bottle of oil and get this thing. You've got to repent to get it. Got to repent. Amen. Hallelujah. Wish I could find some of that stardust or whatever they call it back then. Throw it on these folks. Oh no. Nobody could make you feel what you're feeling tonight. This is the work of God. You get the Holy Ghost and talk in tongues like some of you have the, the last couple of days. That is God's work. But I'm telling you tonight that the Holy Ghost is given to you to lead you and guide you into all truth. And to bring you out of your sin. Amen. And out. Let me tell you, you. They can preach what they want to. But let me tell you something. These folks going around talking in tongues. A lot of the folks, they don't have the Holy Ghost anymore, friend. 
Listen to me tonight. The Holy Ghost is revelation. The Holy Ghost is light. The Holy Ghost is to lead us. And anytime you resist the Holy Ghost and stop following the Holy Ghost and letting the Holy Ghost lead you, when truth comes to you, you're on your way to losing the Holy Ghost. Anytime you deny the plain revelation of the Word of God, when God reveals things to you and you begin to walk away from that truth, you're losing what you've got. Amen. You're not going to keep the Holy Ghost and live in your sin. The Bible said, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? And he said, if you defile the temple of God, him will God destroy. That's what God says. That's not the words of a preacher up here. That's the words of God tonight. Amen. And so the Holy Ghost is to call you out. And the reason you're here tonight is because God wants to renew you in the Holy Ghost. He wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you need to get baptized in water in the name of the Lord and wash your sins away and live for God. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? It's early tonight. My. we got a lot of time left in here. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even anywhere close to midnight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter preached to them the truth of God. And look, it is not that complicated. Jesus said something that I appreciate in the 18th chapter of Matthew. And I think about it many, many times in services like this. It takes care of a lot of frustration. He said, everyone that is of truth heareth my voice. It's just that simple. What did he mean by that? He just meant if, if it's really in your heart. You want to do what's right and you want to follow what's right and you want to be right and be right with God that's what he meant if you're of truth that's what he meant he said you will hear my voice there's a certain sound the truth that no other sound can make and so there's not going to be any question in minds here tonight whether I preach to them the truth concerning the new birth because if you're really want to know what truth is you heard the voice of God tonight you heard it I've given you simple basic Bible message of the love of God and the gospel message and that message that was preached by the apostles on the day of Pentecost that tell a man and a woman or anybody what they've got to do to be born again I read it to you right out of the second chapter of Acts in the 38 verse the musicians come and help us here tonight I read it to you tonight. Repent, get baptized in water in Jesus' name, and receive the Holy Ghost. And I'm talking about that's an exciting, wonderful experience. Oh, yeah. If you don't believe that, you talk to some of these folks that just got the Holy Ghost around here the last couple of days, and they'll tell you how wonderful it is. They'll tell you how they have the wonderful way of expressing it. I love the way Sister Webster expressed it the other day. She said, wow. Now, that's a new convert, friend. That's somebody that just got the Holy Ghost. Wow. Hallelujah. What did Peter say? It said it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. You just can't put it in words, say. Amen. Well, don't go out of here offended and mad tonight. If you're mad, get glad. That's right. Amen. There's some hardness in some hearts here tonight. I see it. It's here. It's here. But oh, friend, if you'd open your heart to God, I could preach on. 
Sure I could. I could preach on. But really, you know what you want to do. You really do. You can walk out of here just like you came. Or you can let God do something for you because he really wants to. Amen. Some of you that are cold in your spirit and you got the Holy Ghost when you were young and you were, bat and you were baptized and, and you haven't had the Holy Ghost alive in your life like you ought to. You need to let God renew. Yeah. You had lost the Holy Ghost. You just need to renew, be renewed in it tonight. Some of you that are thinking things that are contrary to the Word of God, you need to spend a little time on your knees in this altar praying. Get a hold of that thing. Because let me tell you, that very thing that you're contemplating, if you don't let it get a hold of you, it'll cause you to drift. Drift. It's not so much that we just change like that. But it's the little subtle things that we allow our lust to do to us to carry us away little by little. We begin to drift. We begin to slip a little bit here, a little bit there. It happens to us. It happens to us. You need to open your heart to God and let God do something in your spirit tonight. Amen. You need to open your heart to God. Some of you aren't hearing me tonight, but you need to open your heart to God and let God do something in your spirit. Because that thing will pull you right out of the house of God. It'll pull you right out of the house of God. Amen. You want the Lord to do something for you tonight? I want you to come on down here and pray. And ask God to help you overcome tonight. Amen. Ask God to help you to come through those things. I mean, some of you folks that need a renewing of the Holy Ghost. I mean, I mean, you hadn't been here in months. Come down and let God renew you. Some of you folks, you're having family problems, marital problems. You need to be in this altar praying. It's here. I know it's here. The Holy Ghost, you're here. God brought you here. You need to come down here and let God work your situation out. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't close your heart to the Lord. I preach truth to you tonight. Ask God to renew you tonight. In the name of Jesus.